Hi, and welcome to Edge Church Podcast. To get connected, visit our website, edgechurch.co.za, or send us a WhatsApp on 073-013-8426. Say hi, and we'll connect with you. Our sermons can be found on our YouTube channel. Today, we're in our series, Life, Money, Hope, exploring that God's way works. Enjoy listening to the sermon. Well, happy Sunday, everyone. You guys good? Look, yeah, we should be celebrating today for many reasons. I didn't know there was such a thing called um, adrenaline hangover. That's a real thing that actually happens. And let me tell you, last night, we're sitting there, and the whole time, I'm sitting with friends going, I don't know how we're starting tomorrow's service. The way things are going, I don't know what we're going to do. But can I tell you, those last 10 minutes, this is the very verse of Isaiah 60, verse 22, when the time is right, I, the Lord, <laughs> will make it happen. <laughs> Look, yeah. Jesus only. Jesus, take the wheel for next week. But this is our last week of our series, Life, Money, and Hope. And like we do every week, I want to say hello to our online congregation. Online, why don't you say hello to us? We love that you're with us. And you know, we've been speaking about how as we gear up to Advent season, that we have an opportunity to be generous in, in how we are going to reach others. And so I've been loving this random act of kindness. So we've got these two photos in where people in the congregation have said, look at these random act of kindness things that we have seen around. And that's beautiful what's taking place. We spoke about our act of kindness last week was that we were going to show it to work colleagues. This week, I put out the challenge to you. Your random act of kindness is for extended family members. Now, maybe for some of you, like, we need more than just kindness for that. But... <laughs> show love and do that. And, and last week we shared about the ways and some of the opportunity with that we're gonna partner. And I love that we get to partner with an incredible organization, U-Turn, and what they're doing to help homeless rehabilitate so they can be a part of society. And so we've got these um, My Change vouchers that are on sale and I went into a lot of detail about it. All the information you need to know what I'm speaking about is on our website and from last week's sermon. And then also last week, it was cool to have seen that 57 Bibles were sold in week one when we launched it. I think it's amazing for Aslan Sports Ministry and what God's gonna do with young people through sports. So I wanna encourage you after service, you can go sign up and go get and buy all the information, also register for organ donor, organ donor is on our website. And then we spoke about Christmas at each church. Sign-ups are officially open for Spectacular. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. It is cool to see the amount of people that are already signing up for auditions. We need in actors. We need in dancers. Please make sure you get involved. And in the coming weeks, um, we're going to be advertising ways that we're going to serve. Brenton is going to be one of our dancers, so we're really excited. <laughs> But like I said, we are in our last week of our series, Life, Money, and Hope. And, and let's just be honest, when it comes to these two aspects of life and money, it's challenging. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Anyone else find it challenging? And I believe for many of us, we, we, we look and we want to try and do better when it comes to these aspects. And for me personally, every time I try and look at like, oh, how can I do a different approach when it comes to, to money and some life things and decisions that we make, I often find that these quick fix and these self-help, they, they don't really work. But the truth is, and the very tagline of our series is that there is a way that really does work and what we've been trying to emphasize for the past three weeks, that God's way really works that there is a way in which we can approach these very things that we're facing. And that's why we've been going back to Scripture. We've been looking at the very present, the real reality of what we're facing. 
So food cost increase and job loss, and we've been looking at things like unable to keep up and the debt consumption, and we've been speaking about that, but every week, we keep going back to, okay, that is real. But what does God's word say in all of this? And pointing to scripture that there is a way out. And we have really cool resources. And I'm gonna say that not just because our team put it together, but it is really good resources. We have what's called a spending plan template, a working Excel spreadsheet that you can access. On our website, go to resources and you'll see where you can get this. Because guys, the 25th, most of us get paid on the 25th, is coming up. We have an opportunity this month to say, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this differently. The things that we've been learning, access this, seek help, do what God is asking us to do. But I'm concluding today, concluding with what I believe is the most important message that I can share with us today. Not just the most important in this four-week series, but I believe it's, 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 a, it's a message that really is the most important message that I can preach. Now, the reason why I say this, I might shock you or not, but I speak mainly to believers. And so why I'm saying this is such an important message, like, please understand, if it was in a different context and I was sitting in front of, or standing in front of a group of people that have never heard of Jesus, a lost tribe that that we went to go, I would obviously speak about the gospel of Jesus as the most important message, speaking about the death, burial, and resurrection. So please hear what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. But if you're a believer, the most important message that I can share with you today is this burden that I have. Because this message has the, the, the potential to change your life completely. Not, not me. I'm just a messenger bringing in the word of God, but if you apply it to heart, it really has the potential, I promise, to change every aspect of your life. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I want you to sense the importance that I have with this message today. I'm always nervous when I get up onto stage. Not one Sunday have I ever got up here and felt, oh, this is cool, I've got it. But today's message makes me even more nervous because of the weight of what I want to share with you today and my praise that would, would fall on hearts that are receptive to what God wants to say. Today I've titled my message, The First, The Principle of the First. And I want to end with this message of the four weeks. You see, this principle is actually seen throughout Scripture right from the very beginning. Adam and Eve. We see this in the garden, how the principle of the first, all the way through the message, all the way to the revelation, we see this principle. And today I want to share some truths about the principle of the first and take some illustrations and apply it to you. But I want to start today's message with this foundation to set the tone for where we're going. And it's this very statement, if God is first in your life, everything else will come into order. I'm gonna say it again. If God is first in your life, everything else will come into order. Now, I'm not saying that you will never have problems, that you'll never have challenges, that everything is just gonna be perfect. I wish it was like that, but it's not. Because Jesus even said, for in this world, we are of this world, you will have many hardships or troubles, whatever translation you read in. Now, for some of us, we read that scripture verse and we go, that's like literally my life motto because everything just is coming your way and you're thinking, is there any good or is it just hardships coming my way? But notice what Jesus says, but take heart, for I've overcome 
this world. Not saying that you're not gonna have it, but there is a hope in life and in money, and it's the hope of Jesus. So this statement, if God is first, I back it up with this second statement, that if God is not first in your life, then nothing will come into order in your life. And this is the truth, and I'm, I'm, Josh, do you mind putting up more in my fold, please? Is that if he's not first, do you know the thing is, like scripture says, we will still face challenges, we will still face hardships, we will still have the things that will come our way. And so if we don't put him first, we will see that it'll go, that everything else won't be in order. So wouldn't we rather want to put him first in our life, even though we have to face all those things? So I want to share three principles that I'm encouraging you. Take, write these down. Take these and, and reflect on it as we go into the next couple of weeks. And I'm putting a disclaimer out for this message. We are diving into the Old Testament. And so we're going into some scripture verses that might be a bit weird and concepts, but stay with me as we go through this journey. The first truth of the principle of the first is number one, the principle of the firstborn. The principle of the firstborn, and we, and we read this from the Old Testament, and I want to remind you what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10. He says that everything that is written in the Old Testament was written for our instructions. So we learn from it, okay? So the stuff we're going to read out of Exodus 13, it, it speaks about like donkeys and lambs and firstborn and the womb of this and this. And, and, and you just, just follow me as we go through this, because I don't know how many of you own a donkey or a lamb here. It's amazing if you do, but I don't know many people that do. But we're speaking about principles here. Listen to what Exodus 13 verse 1 to 2 says. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, consecrate. Do, do you know what that word means? It means to simply set apart it means to set aside. So God's saying, consecrate to me all the, what does it say? Firstborn. Whatever opens a womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. And last week I spoke about this word that children learn to say at a very early age. Mine, 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 it's mine. And they know that word. And here we now have God saying that it is mine. And he's saying that, in other words, that is my property. That belongs to me. It's my possession. It is mine, set apart for me. So we're reading about a principle here. And in Exodus 12, verse 13, I mean, in Exodus verses 12 to 13, it continues. It says that you shall set apart. Now, this is the same word as consecrate. Set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Now, I'm going to speak about those in a moment, so just hold it there. And if you will not redeem it, take note what it says, then you shall break its neck. Now, I just mentioned that these are principles, and I must say this. These principles are speaking about the tithe about bringing our tithe, our first 10% that belongs to God, that has been called to be set aside for Him. And notice what that scripture verse says when it speaks about that, and if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. What it's meaning is that, that it's meant to be set apart, and if you don't bring it, you're going to lose it anyway. And I'm going to show you 
See, if we come and we bring a, a, a 10% before God, what God says is that he will bless the 90%. And if we choose to say, well, I'm not going to, I'm gonna hold it onto my account, I can tell you now we're gonna lose it anyway. Whether it's the washing machine that went, whether it's tires that have to go or a gasket, whatever, you will lose it anyway. And so my question is, wouldn't you rather return the 10% so that you can know that your 90% is blessed? Now I'm gonna show you what it means by the 90% being blessed in it. And I'm gonna speak about tithing. You know, this is why I say that it's a weight on my heart because often we can think of tithing and we go, yes, the church just wants money. That's, that's actually a myth. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you the principle of what God's instruction was when it comes to this. And we can listen to it and we go, you know what, uh, this and this, and we can buy into myths or, or try and prove that something was just, oh, but that was in the Old Testament. And so are we really under the law of the Old Testament? And, and we can even speak negatively about the tithe. And I believe it's, it's not because people are trying to be ugly. I think there's not a fully grasping what God's truth is and the principle of the tithe. And my prayer is that we're going to see that. Because I'm going to go back to what Exodus 13 verse 13 says. Because I know it spoke about lambs and donkeys and all of this. But look what it says. It says, and all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. So there's two classifications here that God is speaking about in Scripture. He's referring to two animals. He's referring to the donkey and the lamb. Now the donkey represents an unclean animal. Is donk, is, do you just know what donkeys look like? Their eyes and everything. I felt so sad when I was reading about the poor donkey who's unclean. But the donkey is unclean. And the lamb that is represented here and presented is speaking about a clean animal. Now notice, this scripture verse was written 3,500 years ago. And for some of you thinking, what on earth has this got to do with me? I'm an accountant, I'm a teacher, you're now bringing about donkeys and lamb on Sunday morning and redeeming and sacrificing and the opening of wombs and all of this. I'm gonna show you the principle and how it actually relates to us. Because like I said, I don't know about you, I don't know many people that have donkeys and lambs. I know we have many legs of lambs and lamb chops and stuff like that. <laughs> but I don't know about owning them. I wanna speak about the principle behind you and I keep on saying this is so that you hear the heart. And in actual fact, the principle that I'm speaking about, do you know what it's about? You ready for it? Jesus. And I'm gonna show us. So stay with me. I'm gonna go again. If you have a, an unclean animal, Scripture says it's called to be redeemed with the sacrifice of a clean animal. And if you have a clean firstborn animal, now, now just keep this somewhere in your brain because you like this might be going over your head already. The clean firstborn animal, remember, Jesus was actually referred and called as the firstborn, okay? So a clean firstborn animal has to be sacrificed. So a clean has to be sacrificed and an unclean to be redeemed with a sacrifice of a clean. I promise you it'll make sense in a moment. I think if we relate it to ourselves, I think we will start to grasp this concept and this principle more. Let me ask you a question and want you to engage with me. Now, when you and I were born, and I'm spiritually speaking now when I say this, when we were born, would you say we were born clean or unclean in our spiritual conditions before God? Well done, whoever said unclean there. 
care. Do you know why? You and I were born unclean. Now, if you like that, I find that offensive. <laughs> we, we can pray afterwards. But I'm going to show you. <laughs> Psalm 50 verse 1 says, for I was born a sinner. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You see, we were all born with a bent towards sin. Every single one of us. And you know, I can prove this, but let's ask the experts in the room, parents. Okay, participate with me, parents. Question, do you have to teach your child to be bad? You don't need to teach. It just naturally comes. You don't have to tell your child, you have to do the opposite. You have to keep saying, don't do that. Come on, we need to do this. We don't, it just naturally comes. Yeah. What am I trying to show you? We were born unclean. We were born a fallen world. We were born into this. Let me ask you another question. I'm not trying to trick anyone here. Was Jesus born, when, when he was born, was he born clean or unclean? Well done. Okay. Now I'm going to show you something. Based on all of that, speaking about donkeys and lambs and everything like that, stay with me. And I'm trusting that you get really excited now when I, when I share this truth, because this is the truth that changed my life forever. You ready for it? Remember, the clean had to be sacrificed so that unclean could be redeemed. Amen. Thank you for the, the one... Can, can, I, can I just say that again? Because I, I believe that when we can grasp this, the revelation of who Jesus is, it will change everything. The clean Jesus was sacrificed so that us donkeys unclean could be redeemed by him. Come on. Can we get excited for what he has done for us? It's this principle. The principle of the firstborn, and when it comes to tithe, is to understand that we were unclean, we were like the donkeys, and yet Jesus, the precious, the unstained lamb, was sacrificed so that you and I could be redeemed. 2 Corinthians 5, 29 says, for God made Christ, take note, who never sinned to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And all the way through scripture, we see how Jesus said, if your sheep has a lamb, what are you called to do? Bring the first one to me. And when you bring the first one to me, the rest are redeemed. They are blessed. You see, the principle of the first, and I'm going to say it again because I really believe if we can grasp this principle, it'll change our lives forever. That we were unclean and God offered his firstborn Jesus who was clean for us who were unclean. And this is why it relates to the tithe and relates to our, our lives and, and all of this. And it's so easy that we can misunderstand this concept and we can have a complete negative view. But when we understand the principle of the firstborn, it will change our perspective forever. And you want to notice what, what God, he didn't say, wait until all your sheep has 10 lambs. And then once they have the 10, then come and offer me that one that always goes into the garden that's around. Then you can give me that one. It doesn't say that. He said, give me the first one, even though you don't have the other nine yet. Give me the first, because this is the principle of faith that we're speaking about. You realize what tithing is. You don't pay all your bills, and then you tithe. You tithe first, 
and then you pay your bills because that's what faith is. That's the journey when it comes to tithing. You know, fun fact, this is just to add it in for you today, is you know, you can test God in this area. I know some of you are like, no, 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 never test God because when you read scripture and you test God, all things happen to you. Don't test God. No, no. Actually, in this one, I can't. You can because Malachi 3.10 says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Interesting, the storehouse is actually a representation of the local church. Another translation is actually say the house of God. Bring it to the local storehouse so there may be food in your house. Note what does it say? Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven, pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Then verse 11 comes, and he's saying, if that's not good enough, there is more. It's like very mark when they say there's still more that we're going to give to you today. Verse 11 says this, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Look what it says. I will rebuke for whose sake? The kingdom's sake? No, for our sake. You know the very principle in Haggai who speaks about when it says it feels like you've got holes in your purse. You know that thing where you just go, where did our money go? There's a devourer that comes. And scripture says, when we put God first, the principle of the firstborn, he says, I'll protect you. Now, I'm not saying that everything will just be perfect. You'll never have a burst tire and it's just gonna be amazing. But it's the principle that he says, I will protect you from the devourers. Because very scripture says, Psalm 18 verse 25 says, to the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those who faithfully put God first in their tent, he says, I will show myself faithful to you. Have you ever thought of this? Why did God create tithing? Because let me make it very clear. A preacher didn't create it. You might think from past experience that preachers have created this and the church, and and I'm going to say this, from this house, we have never done the manipulation when it comes to giving, and we will never do that. Some of us have experienced hurt and pain from church experience or church leaders that have manipulated into giving. It's going against what Scripture says when it says give with a a joyful heart. Not a, why didn't you tithe this month? Because it doesn't work like that in the kingdom of God. So when I'm saying this, I said, this concept was not invented by us preaching team here. It is actually a principle that God created. And you're thinking, why would God create this principle? Does he really need my 10%? For some of you, you look at your salary, you're like, you're my 10% can't even buy chappies. But anyway, <laughs> think about it. Last week, we spoke about Christ says, Jesus says that in heaven, the, the tar is made out of gold, rubies and crystals. This is what heaven sits on. 2,221 meters high, let's say heaven is, and it's made with the gates of pearl. Do you really think God needs your 10%? I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be offending you, but he doesn't. Now, this is not a reason to say, okay, cheers, I'm not tithing anymore because Daniel said he doesn't need it. (laughs) The truth is God didn't create tithing for our sake. I mean, for his sake, he created it for our sake. He created it because he was saying, this is understanding the principle of the first is who's the firstborn in your life and offering that to him and it's a principle of faith. Understanding the first 10% that belongs to him, the firstborn belongs to him because we were unclean and God said, I've given you my clean son so that you could be redeemed. 
The principle of the firstborn. Number two, the principle of the first fruit. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says that. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions. And you're like, how do I honor God with my possessions, like with my car or with my house? Give of your 10%. That's honoring God with your possessions. And I've seen over and over again the faithfulness of what God has done for those who tithe faithfully. Washing machines breaking and someone's blessing. I've seen people go in and they're going to purchase a house and all of a sudden the price drops dramatically. People go in to purchase a car and then all of a sudden it's like such a different price to what they originally told. Let me say this. You cannot believe what God does for tithers. And the verse continues in Proverbs 3 and says, so honor the Lord with your possession. And then what does it say? Your first fruits of all your increase, your income. So that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And then in Exodus 23 verse 19, it says that the first of the first fruits of your land, you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Now notice what it says. It says, you shall bring. It doesn't say give. Why? Because you cannot give something that doesn't belong to you. You're called to bring it. Remember I spoke in week one, everything belongs to God. We just, the managers that is calling us to manage what he's already given us. So when we are coming, we are actually in this principle saying, Lord, I'm bringing what already belongs to you. And then it says they bring into the house of the Lord. Now maybe for some of you, you're like, well, you know what? I give to the SBCA. Now SBCA is incredible. I love them. And we're speaking about donkeys and lambs. So I thought it's a good analogy just to, to put them in there. But it, and you're saying that's where my giving's going. Clearly states to bring to the to this local store, to the to God's house. That's been a blessing to others, and that's what we do. We that's what we're doing when it comes to partnering with U Turn and and seeing God do stuff. Please, that is the very heartbeat of Jesus. We're called to do that, but we're called to bring our first ten percent to the local storehouse. And you say why? Because the first portion is the redemptive portion. Let me say this again. The first portion is the redemptive portion. Meaning the first 10% that we have, we give to God. He says, I will redeem the 90%. Church, please hear me. Don't give your first portion for your bond into the bank. And you're like, but Dan, I have to pay it. And I'm not saying don't pay it. But I'm saying, can you give your first to God? Before you EFT to anyone else, you say, Lord, my first I'm giving to you. Because can I tell you now, the bond, F&B doesn't have the power to bless your finances. They actually can make it harder, but I love F&B. But that's not what I'm, <laughs> please listen to me. The first portion, the first 10% goes to God. And this principle is played out in Scripture, and we see this. Remember the first fruits and firstborn that we're speaking about? In Genesis 4, verse 3 to 5, we see two brothers. These are the, the children of, of Adam and Eve. And we listen to what happens in And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain, one of the brothers, brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Notice, it doesn't say the first fruit. Verse 4, Abel, the other brother, also brought of the firstborn, the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but verse five, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. What is happening here? Cain is a farmer and he doesn't bring up his first fruit. He just brings an offering. 
Abel is a livestock farmer and he brings of the firstborn. He comes and he brings it. And God says, I'll accept that, but I won't accept Cain's. And you say, but it's God. He can accept anything. No, he can't. Why? Because he can never be second. It's not in the nature of God to ever be second. We spoke about this in more than words in worship, how we can worship a whole bunch of stuff, but if he's not number one, he has an issue. Because he's always first. It's like God can never lie. Why? Because he is truth. He will always be first. Preeminent is what we speak about. He's the first, he's beyond, he's number one, he's above all things and beyond all things. And so when Abel brought the first offering, God said, I could accept it, but he couldn't accept what Cain did because it wasn't the first. And can I just add that this verse was written 2,500 years before the law of, of tithing was even written. 2,500 years before Moses wrote it, this was written. So you can see that tithing precedes the law. So when some of us say that, oh no, I don't tithe because that's from the Old Testament. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm challenging your thoughts here. Because in actual fact, it says there that this was written before the law by Moses was written, that it spoke about that. But even in Genesis 14, 14 verse 20, it says, then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. So before Moses did it, Abraham gave a tenth of everything. So it is not, I don't tithe because it's under the Old Testament. Look, if we applied that principle to our lives to this day, it also says in the Old Testament, do not commit adultery. It also says, do not murder or steal. And to this day, we go, that's not right. You're not allowed doing that. But if we apply it, it's under the Old Testament, then we should be accepting all of that. Hear me what I'm saying. The principle of the first is about bringing your first fruit because the first portion is the redeemed portion. Yeah. You with me still? Yeah. Last one, number three, and I invite the team up. Number three. So we spoke about the principle of the firstborn, the principle of the first fruit, and number three is the principle of the first 10%. And throughout Scripture, there's a reason why we speak about this. It's simply because the tithe belongs to God and God is first, preeminent. He's number one. He's always above all. We saw the first belongs to, the firstborn belongs to God, the first fruits belong to God, and now we see from Scripture, the first 10% belongs to God. And listen to what Leviticus 27 verse 30 says. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, look what it says, it is the Lord's. It is holy, consecrated, set apart to the Lord. I want to show you something that is very meaningful. Something about the tithe that I believe is very personal, not only to Jesus, but it's very personal to our Father God in heaven. And the reason why I say that the tithe is so important to God, because it actually represents Jesus. Because firstly, is that we see that we spoke about the firstborn. Colossians 1 verse 15, it says, he is the image of of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Secondly, we spoke about how he's the first fruit belongs to God. 1 Corinthians 20, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become, what does it say? The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Now I want you to hear this. Is the team on? I want you to hear this. And this is a truth that I believe that can change everything. That when we can grasp this, this revelation, 
Jesus is God's time. Just, just take a moment to think about this. Jesus is God's time. Because you know what God did? He gave Jesus, before we straightened up, before we got our lives into order, while we were still mocking, while we were still sinning, while we were still spitting, while we were still nailing him to the cross, God said, I will give my son. Before we had it all together, he says, I will give my first to them. Romans 5 verse 8 says, but God put his love on the line. He put his love on the line for us by offering his son in a sacrificial death while we were still no use whatsoever to him. Our translation is, while we were still sinners, he says, I've given my son. You know, in Romans, it also says that God gave Jesus his hope that they would, us, would accept him before he even knew what would happen. You see, this whole thing of the tithe in my heart and why it's such a heavy burden on me to share this message is that if we can truly understand that actually this goes beyond more than just principles, it actually goes on the thing of this is the personality of who God is. This is His nature. Like I said, God can never tell a lie because He is truth. This is who He is. He is someone who would always tithe because He gave His Son for you and I. You know, he didn't have it all lined up and saying, oh yeah, this is option, whatever for them. He gave his first and only son to you and I. And my prayer is that we would see this principle. The first 10% belongs to him because it's more than just saying, oh, this is about that and that and that and we can go into technicalities. It's saying, God, where my treasure is, there my heart will be. Do you know that there's an invisible nerve believe it or not, that runs from here to your wallet in your pocket, an invisible nerve. I can prove it to you. You know what it's like when you get some of those EFTs? You're like, oh, it's difficult. Or this breaks or that happens. There's an invisible line, an invisible nerve that gets you in the heart. And God says, it takes faith. It's a journey. And I know for some of us, we're going... And I've heard it. I've heard it. People say to me, I really want to tithe, but it's so difficult. Like, I want to go on this journey, but I'm not sure. And, and, and I need to say this again. When, when we come and we tithe, and when we're doing this, it's actually not saying, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pay for that, pay for that. And then I'm going to keep this aside for you once I've made sure that this is all fine. No, again, I'm saying to you, what, what you have done is that you've given your first, whether it's to a car repayment, wherever you've EFT'd first, they don't have the power to bless your finances, but Jesus does. And often when we try and do something like that, you know what happens? When we say, when I get to the end, then I'll tithe. How many more days till payday? Exactly. We often then don't have enough. And let me say, I would rather have my 90% blessed and giving, then rather to keep it unknown, I'm gonna lose it anyway. And when people say, I wanna do this, it's just so difficult, I just don't know how, and I, and I don't know, I can't afford to tithe, Dad. Please hear me. You'll never be able to afford to tithe until you have tithed. 
I, I promise you, I have been there, I've sat with people, I know first that you will never be able to afford to tithe until you have tithed. Because it's the very principle that God says, I will show you why he says in Malachi, test me in this. Because I will show you. And then he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. After the first service, a single mom came up to me and said, Pastor, I just need to tell you, that is the testimony of my life. During this journey, my oldest daughter has just graduated with a PhD now. And I look at where we've come from and all I can say is that he rebuked the devourer for my sake because I always gave him of my first and it wasn't always enough, but I gave him of my first and God has always been faithful. Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And you say, I don't even know where to start. I love this principle that I wanna share with you. It's called principle, um, the, the 10 month challenge. And this is a challenge I'm putting out to us. Is that month one, coming up now on the 25th for most of us, is that even if you're saying, I, I, I just don't know how, I'm saying to you, the grace of our Father, say, I'm gonna commit to 1%. After you've done 1%, you see how you still made it through? You go in month two, 2%. And you go all the way until you get to 10%. And for some of us, we're already at 10%. And I believe God's saying, it's time for you to even stretch more. Because can I show you the next graph? This is the whole sum, 100% of whatever you earn. I just want to give you perspective. You know what God's asking? Just 10%. It's interesting, even if you go into a restaurant, they will even include now gratitude on your bill. It's just like the norm. It's just what happens. And often it's now even like 12%, 15%. It's interesting how God says, I desire the first 10. Look at the difference between, and let me tell you, we need this portion, the 90% to be redeemed, to be blessed, to protect us from the devourer that wants to take it, to help us. We actually need this. He's asking there, but look how much we need blessing and say, Lord, help me. Can I encourage you? grace upon grace and I'll say this we have never and we will never manipulate people in giving because it's actually not about this of what God said. it's about our hearts where your treasure is there your heart will be you cannot say God has all of me but you don't have my money as harsh as that sounds and he desires for every single believer to understand this principle Come on, let's close our eyes as I end today. And my prayer is right now that you would just ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Ask him right now, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me about this message? And I want to say this, that guilt and shame are not of God. And so right now, if you're feeling some levels of guilt and shame, I want you to rebuke that because that's not of God. I believe there's many that really want to tithe, but it's been really tough. I get that. 
And I want you to know you're not a bad person. You don't love Jesus less. Don't let the devil tell you those lies into your ear that's not true. You love God, but he's calling you to take a next step. Maybe you need some help, some resources saying, this message, understanding the principle, but you're not a bad person. And I beg you with all my heart that you are not listening to, oh, this is legalistic, or this, that you would hear the truth behind this principle that's throughout Scripture, who's actually about Jesus, that God gave Jesus as a tithe for you and I. And I love the song that we sang. It's with gratitude that I give back to him to put him first in our lives. And right now, that's you and you said, Lord, I, I, need, I wanna take that step of faith. That you wanna trust him. You said, I need faith. That you know what's, that, that payday is coming up now. You said, Lord, I wanna do this differently. I wanna do my whole approach to finances differently. That God will give you the courage, not just moment now, courage in the service, but actually to go home to do the hard work of, of a spending plan, of putting God first. But if you need steps of, and you're saying, Lord, I wanna take a step, but I, I need courage, just ask him right now, Lord, I need courage. Trust in you. Or soften my heart. And right now, whatever you need, just pray to God. Saying, Lord, I, I need this. Lord, you're not really first in my life. God, I want to put you first. Reflect on this question. Is God first in my finance? Is he first in my life? Do I need to put him first? Tell him right now. What grace do you need? And in this atmosphere of praying, maybe as I said, maybe God is, doesn't even exist in your world today. And you hear and you hear in a service about money and, and, and the tithe, but actually it's the very truth. Everything comes back and points back to Jesus. And the very truth is that all of us are those donkeys that are unclean. And he says, I'm giving you my son, the perfect lamb. That'll sacrifice so that we could be redeemed, us unclean people. And you have lived your life and you know it's filled with sin. You haven't been following God today. You've known the truth. You're growing up. You maybe have parents that are doing this journey, but you've gone another way. Today, he says, come home. So right now, if that's you saying, Dan, I need to come home. Just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, today, I choose to follow you. Jesus, today, I ask that you forgive me. I am that unclean donkey. And today, I know that I've been redeemed by you because I'm putting you first. From this day forward, I choose you. If that was you and you prayed that prayer, all eyes are closed, online as well. Just indicate by showing your hand so I know I'm praying for. Just lift it up, amen. Across this auditorium on the balcony, if that was you, online, indicate right now, that you, amen. God, I wanna thank you, and you can put your hand down. Father, thank you for those who made the decision to follow you. We give you all the praise and all the honor, and God's people say it together, amen. amen. Come on, let's give God praise for his grace and his goodness. Can I encourage you? Please, straight off to service, come get one of these. We would love to all to bless you if you made that decision. And then I end with this, the 1st of November, we have our prayer service. 
Can I encourage you, if you're in a life group, tell your life group leader, hey, hey, leader, um, Dan said at church, we're coming to prayer service. Come to prayer service. We're gonna have encounter worship. We're gonna trust God and we're gonna pray as we end this year. And don't forget, go and purchase these things. But let's stand to our feet and let's pray a benediction as we go into this week. God, I pray for mercy. I pray for grace. I pray that as we face this week, knowing you go before us, give us a confidence in putting you first in every aspect. And God's people said, amen, amen. God bless. We trust that you enjoyed listening to the sermon today. We would love to stay in touch with you about your next steps. Please send us a WhatsApp or contact us via our website. We would love to help you on your discipleship journey.